life change. And life change happens through the presence of God working in our lives. And that is an exciting, exciting thing when we can celebrate that life change. When we can celebrate what God is doing in someone's life. And so I'm going to invite Sheila to come up here and join me here at this table because we're going to talk for a few minutes. And we're going to talk about how God has been working in Sheila's life and the life change that is going on in her life. And we want to celebrate. One of the things that we're working to do on a regular basis here at Summit is celebrate that life change by bringing people up and having them share the life change that God is doing in their lives. So as we take a few minutes to do so, I just want to pray uh, and just ask God to bless this time together. Lord, we thank you so much just for the opportunity to sit here in your presence. For Lord, we worship not just through song, but we worship through conversation. We worship through prayer. We worship through your word. We worship in fellowship, both together with each other and with you. So Lord, I pray this morning that we will worship you with our lives. That we worship you with our attitudes and our hearts this morning. And as we enter into this time, that you would give us your Holy Spirit, fall down upon us, and lead us as you, where you desire to take us. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. So Sheila and I have been having this ongoing conversation for a while. Sheila is part of our life group, uh, and so we have lots of fun together talking about what God is doing in our lives. And, and one of the things that we do in our life group is we regularly share about how God is moving and how God is working in us and through us. And so Mike shared a few weeks ago, and, and Mike told Sheila that she needs to come and share. And then God kind of took over and began to work and, and spur Sheila towards sharing. But one of the things that, as a pastor, that is so much fun is honoring what God is doing in people's lives. And then also giving people the opportunity to honor God themselves. And so I'm going to ask Sheila a couple of questions, and, and hopefully you enjoy the conversation that we have. So Sheila, uh, we've been talking for a while about what God's been doing in your life, and it kind of started uh, a while back. Uh, so I want to just ask, kind of what are some of the things that began this stirring in your heart of where God has brought you today? Okay, I haven't on? Yes. Okay. <laughs> we can hear you. In microphone. <laughs> I'm a little nervous all of a sudden, but um, it just, for me, before it was really a life group, um, when I started coming eight years ago, um, Gail McLean had a group called Healing Hearts, and that's what drew me. I saw that, and I had to go, and I'm not one. It took a long time for me to be up here, so I don't speak in front of people, and so... Um, I'm nervous. <laughs> I That's all nervous. right. And so um, I just went to the group. I called her up and found out where they're having it. And I went and then um, in the middle of this book. And so I took it home and was reading it. And then um, the second time we were there, she said, okay, Sheila, it's your turn. I'm putting you on the hot seat. And I went, <laughs> no, I can't do this. I can't do this. And because I was always afraid when I was younger in school, don't raise your hand. People will think you're stupid. They're gonna laugh at you. I'm gonna cry. And <laughs> so, um, and so here I am sitting there. And through this, I noticed, you know, the second, third time being there and talking, it's like nobody's laughing at me. They're not thinking I'm stupid. And then I was going to the prayer meeting Thursday nights at Gary and Melinda Bloom's house, 
And the same thing, I'm sitting there going, I can't pray out loud, my heart's beating so fast. I, oh, I can't do this, they're gonna think I'm stupid. And so that's the lies of the enemy saying that. And so through the course of time and just prayer and just being able to do that, the Lord has given me strength and it all started with just going to the group, feeling the Holy Spirit saying, go, go, you need to go. And then here I am, just through the course of eight years is just really, he's brought me pretty far. And some of the things that God has been leading you through during this time is opportunities for you to serve. Because if you haven't been hugged by Sheila, <laughs> something's wrong, okay? <laughs> Sheila is, you know, she's one of the first people that you're going to see each day when you walk into church on Sunday morning, and she's always there to give everyone a big hug. Uh, but what you probably don't know is she comes much earlier than that. She's here when most of us are still sleeping. And she's praying over all these seats. She's praying over the building. She's praying that God would be in this place, preparing for what we're going to do. And that has been an incredible opportunity for you. So tell us a little bit about how God brought you to that place. Okay, well, <laughs> Thursday nights at prayer group, Gary Bloom, oh, he just talked to, um, he talked to uh, Mary Jo about praying. Oh, Mary Jo, we need to this and that. And he was always here really early at 7 in the morning. And, or even earlier to open up and everything. And Mary Jo would always be, it was the two of them. And I went, oh, I want to do that. So <laughs> in a sense, through Gary, he, uh, the Holy Spirit would call me to do that. And I, so that's how I began that and just pray and pray. And then all of a sudden, the Holy Spirit was saying one night at prayer group, George, um, Gary was talking to George Hockman saying, oh, about the Sunday school. And I went, oh, I got to be a part of that. And so then I was a part of that, and then I just end up staying. And that's mm -hmm. how I got led to be here. Then also, after service, we noticed that you're up here with a prayer team. Mm -hmm. So every, every week uh, at the end of service, Sheila is one of, those, uh, one of our prayer team, and she's always up here praying for her. So what brought you to that place of praying, being willing to be in front of everybody praying? Well, God has always called me to pray. I'm a prayer. I love to pray. And, but... Bill and Patty were always down here and Gary and Melinda up there, so I just felt like I wanted to be a part of that and to pray for people because I love to pray. I love to pray for people and mm -hmm. just knowing that, you know, just wherever God will lead me. And that's how we did that, and then all of a sudden we're down in front. And then the course of time, everybody left, and then I was alone, and I thought, well, i got to be down there. Mm -hmm. You know, i got to be down there with Michael. i got to be down there to pray. I just, mm -hmm. I need to be there. And... Then now people are starting to come back, like Bill and Patty, and so it's just really neat to have more people to pray with, but that's how mm -hmm. God called me to be in front, to be there. You got to be there. You got to be there to pray. Got to be obedient. Mm -hmm. Yeah, and that's really important because this obedience is what you've been doing all the time, every step, and, and it's been step by step because mm -hmm. it's been, it's kind of scary standing up front sometimes, isn't it? Yeah. So God has walked you slowly through that mm -hmm. to get you to that place. A couple years ago, you began a journey to sit down with, with myself and, and Jerry Fan, and we walked you through something called Strength Finders, and then we walked with you through finding your place. And what's been fun about that is to watch you blossom in ministry and to see you do some other things, because now you also organize our ushers every week. So she, um, Sheila puts the schedule together and brings our ushers together and makes sure that everything's working with that. That was a little scary at first, wasn't it? Yeah, because I didn't know what I was doing. I never did anything like that before. And I told Aaron, I said, I don't know what I'm doing. And then he sat down with me, showed me what to do, and then it 
became easier. Yeah. But when Pam left, it was like I got concerned. Well, who's going who's gonna to do this? Who's going to schedule? And so the Lord put that on my heart. And I never, 10 years ago, I would never thought I'd be doing any of this. And it all started with a life group. Yes. And you know, then, so we're, I'm going to shift away from church because you're very involved in church and in what we do here at Summit, at Summit every week. But God has been using you at work. And, and this is one of those, the fun things as a pastor to see not just what goes on at church, but how does that translate to our practical lives every day? And so, you know, since that conversation in, in that time we had, you, Jerry and I had with you, and we talked about your gifts and your strengths and what God has done in your life, how has God used you in your workplace to make a difference? Well, <laughs> it's just, if I start crying, I'm, I'm sorry. but It's okay. <laughs> it's, just, it's just what was really cool. Um, there was a resident there. This was a few Tuesdays ago. And um, I, I pray a lot. And so I pray at work even, I pray. And, and so I, was, I deliver the resident's laundry, and so I'm up there at the nursing home. And I went to the one room, and I was putting away the two ladies' laundry. And then I noticed, and it's during lunchtime. It's around 1215. And so the one lady was at lunch, and the other lady is laying there, and she's kind of in the process passing on. But her daughter's sitting there next to her, and I was done in there. And so I turned to her, and I went, do you need a hug? And so I'm going to cry. <laughs> so I leaned down, and, and she said yes. Oh, oh, there you go. That's better. Okay. <laughs> now I can hear myself really loud. <laughs> and so I asked her if she needed a hug, and she said yes. So I leaned down, and she held on. And I just, I just felt like I needed to pray. So I prayed for her. And then I told her about the song by Sherry Youngward called Quiet Place. And I said, you need to play this for your mom. So she looked it up on YouTube and found it. And then I left. I was done, brought the cart down. And then I felt the Holy Spirit say, you need to go up and talk to the mom. So I went back up, and I asked her if I could talk to her mom. And she said, yeah. So, so um, I'm just whispering in her ear, and I was just, touching her face, and I just said, Dorothy, it's time. It's time to go home. Jesus is calling you home. He's got his arms open waiting for you. And the daughter is saying, yes, Mom, go home. You got to go check on my brother make sure he's being good, and you got to go dance. And I kept telling her, you got to go be young and beautiful again. Jesus is waiting for you. And then I hugged the daughter again, and then I left, and the, um, the guy who's our director over our department, I told him about it, and it just touched him. And then about an hour later, he came down and told me that she passed. Mm. So it's just, you know, it's neat what God does in your life mm -hmm. when he calls you to do something, and you just, you just feel it. You just know the presence of him is with you. And so mm. I know he's brought me there for a reason. Yeah, and one of the most important pieces of this is, is that's who you are. You know, you weren't being someone else. You were being who God made you to be. And that's what we need to understand too. God calls us to where he has us, where he places us. And he has given us the gifts to practically live out our faith right there. And she, he has Sheila in, in the perfect place for her. And every day he uses Sheila in a practical way to touch the lives of the residents that she interacts with and encounters. And this was just a, an opportunity to bless this, this daughter and her mother and just walk her in to heaven. Isn't that an incredible gift to be able to pray with someone <laughs> and, and just love them into the presence 
of God. That's so cool. I want to pray with you before, we, before we're done. Lord, I thank you so much for Sheila. I thank you for having her a part of our life group. But also, Lord, I thank you for all she does in our community and in our church here. Lord, you are using her in mighty ways. And we are so grateful and so thankful. So I pray, O oh Lord, today that you'll continue to give her a sense of your peace and presence. Encourage her today in how you are using her to transform lives, to touch lives, and most importantly, to love one another as you have loved us. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Thank you. I got it. <laughs> so this morning, we're continuing our series in one another, talking about what does it mean to love one another? What does it mean to to live that out in a practical way. And we've been talking over the last couple weeks, it takes me a minute to get my device up and working, <laughs> the fun of technology. But as we talk through this, and as we've been walking through, what does it mean to love one another as Jesus loved us? Because that's his command. He says, a new command I give to you, love one another. And so we're going to look at that this morning and continue. And as we do, we're just walking through this conversation about what does it mean to live that out practically? What does it mean to walk this walk of faith? And as you see, saw just talking with Sheila for a minute, all of us can do it. It's simple, although it may seem difficult it's no great mystery, and it doesn't require complicated gifts or talents or equipping. God has made each and every one of us unique, and it's in that uniqueness that He desires to use us in the lives of those we encounter every single day. And so what are we talking about? As we talk about these one another statements, last week we talked about Praying for one another, encouraging one another, and serving one another. Those are very practical ways to just live out our faith. Serving. We all know how to serve, and it's simply serving those who we encounter. Encourage. In this world today, it's so much easier to put someone down than it is to encourage. It takes effort. It takes intentionality. It takes effort to look at someone and find the good that we can give to them. Encouragement is a gift and a blessing. And when we can encourage someone, it lifts them up, no matter where their day is, a word of encouragement brightens a day. And then prayer. One of the most powerful things we can do for anyone is pray for them. To lift them up and take them to God so that they can be lifted up so that they can experience God's presence. Because we have that power of prayer to do just that. This week, we're going to be talking about how do we bear with one another? How do we walk with one another through the good times and the difficult times? How do we spur one another on, motivate, or inspire someone forward in their faith? towards good deeds, 
or towards love? How do we honor one another? How do we truly lift each other up and, and give honor for those who deserve it because of what they're doing for God and how God is using them? But we'll start back at the beginning, and our first message of this series is the foundation of what we're talking about because every one of the one another statements come from and fulfill practically the command that Jesus gave us. So John chapter 13, verse 34 through 35 is where we begin this morning. And hopefully you remembered this verse, you've been looking at it. But as, as I read it, I want you to look, at, look through it with me. It says, a new command I give to you. Love one another as I have loved you, so you must love one another. By this, everyone will know that you are my disciples, if you love one another. He kind of repeated that, if you love one another or love one another, a few times in there, didn't he? Must be important. And this morning, as we dig into our one another statements for this week, remember, they are practical expressions of this verse. As Jesus tells us to love one another, how do we do that? How do we actually love one another? What can we do? And these, as Paul and James, as we're going to explore today, share, it means doing something for each other. It means taking action. So this morning, the first thing we're going to dive into is bear with one another. What does it mean to bear with one another? Well, Colossians chapter 3, verse 12 and 13. So if you want to turn with, there, with me there, you are welcome to. Follow in your bulletin. You should have a note sheet there with you. Feel free to follow along and see where I'm going. But this is an important verse. And I love what Paul does here. Because if you notice, before we get into the scripture, he prefaces bear with with something else. Because he understands who we are. And he understands that we struggle with this. Life, doing life together can be tough because some of us can be tough to do life with. And so he gives us some instructions of how to prepare each day to walk with each other, whether it's with those we work with, whether those we live with, or those that we encounter every day. There are some things that we need to do every morning to prepare for our day so that we can bear with each other. So let's look at this. Colossians chapter 3, verse 12 through 13. The verses will be up on the screen for you. And it says this, Therefore, as God's chosen people, holy and dearly loved, clothe yourselves. I want to, that word right there, clothe. Listen very carefully to what we're supposed to be clothed with. Clothe yourselves with compassion, with kindness, with humility, with gentleness and patience. Bear with one another and forgive one another. If any of you has a grievance against someone, forgive as the Lord forgave you. So let's look back at that first statement. It's not easy to live with each other, is it? Just ask my wife. I can be difficult to live with sometimes. And all of us can be. So what does it mean? How do we prepare for that? How do we Live with one another. Clothe yourselves with compassion, with kindness, gentleness, and patience. 
That word clothe, I believe Paul intentionally used. Because every morning we get dressed, don't we? Each and every one of you got dressed to come this morning. And however you come to church, that's how you got dressed. And almost all of you probably put on a coat before you left the house. Otherwise, you might get blown away. We have to dress for the day. And we dress differently according to what we're going to be doing that day. If we're going hiking, we're going to dress one way, especially now versus in the summer. Every day we clothe ourselves for what we're going to do physically, whether it's work, play, school, whatever. But now Paul is talking about spiritually. How do we clothe ourselves spiritually before we enter our day? Do we put on the things that are necessary for us to face that day, to be able to be prepared to do what God's called us to do? When it comes to bearing with the people we got to work with every day, Sometimes it's easy, sometimes it's hard, sometimes it's fun, sometimes it's difficult. But if we clothe ourselves with compassion, with kindness, with humility and gentleness and patience, it'll be so much easier to bear with one another. Colossians chapter 3, verse 12 and 13 in the New Living Translation says it this way. Since God chose you, that is us, as to be holy people He loves. You must clothe yourselves with tender-hearted mercy. Wow, that's a good word, isn't it? Kindness, humility, gentleness, and patience. And then he says these words, make allowances for each other's faults. Ooh, that's a tough one, isn't it? Make allowances for each other's faults and forgive one another or forgive anyone who offends you remember the lord gave forgave you so you must forgive others we all have faults don't we i know all of you thought i was perfect didn't you <laughs> of course not i'm far from perfect just ask my family we all have faults but one of, there are several things that I struggle with. One of my faults is I really don't like talking on the phone. And it's really, really hard for me to pick up the phone. It's like I have to intentionally force myself to pick up the phone. I would much rather talk to anybody face-to-face. -face. And if I can't talk to you face-to-face, -face, I'd rather text you or send you an email because I don't like talking on the phone. I have this I don't know, it, it's, it's, a, it's an irrational dislike for the phone. But I have to. I have to pick up that phone sometimes. And sometimes I have to make calls, but I procrastinate. I'll put it off as much as I possibly can. I had a job for several months where I had to talk on the phone all day long. I had to call everybody. That first call in the morning was the worst. It was painful. I had to psych myself up and motivate myself to pick up that phone and make the first phone call. Once I did, it was easy the rest of the day. But that first phone call was horrible. I just have this irrational dislike for talking on the phone. One of my other faults is I love to talk. I can't imagine, you can't imagine that, right? That sounds totally unlike me. But I love to talk, and sometimes I talk so much that I forget I'm talking too much, and I forget to stop. We all have faults. 
And sometimes we have to have the ability to make allowances for those faults. But in order to do that, we've got to put on or clothe ourselves with compassion, with kindness, with gentleness, and humility, and patience. So as we prepare for each new day, pick up those clothes, put them on, put on humility, put on kindness, put on compassion or tenderhearted mercy, put on patience. You'll be far better prepared for whatever you're going to face that day or even today. Our second one another statement this morning comes from Hebrews chapter 10, verse 24. And it's spur on one another. I love this one. As a coach, this is one of my favorite things. I love to motivate people. I love to inspire people. I love to get people moving forward, to get excited about whatever it is that they're doing. But in Hebrews, the writer says these words, and let us consider how we may spur one another on towards love and good deeds. So what are we supposed to spur each other towards? Love and good deeds. The New Living Translation puts it this way. Let us think of ways to motivate one another to acts of love and good deeds. This morning, how are you each day motivating others towards love, acts of love and good deeds? I told you these one another statements, they fulfill... Jesus' command to love one another. What better way to love one another than spur each other on, inspire or motivate each other towards loving one another and good deeds? How do we do that? Simple acts of love. It's, it's what we do. It's how we love each other. It's how we live that out, how we clothe ourselves with what we just talked about so that we can share the love of Christ. And when we do we spur on, we motivate, we inspire others to do the same. Mike, a few weeks ago, shared his testimony, and in doing so, inspired and motivated Sheila to do the same. And I hope that as they share, as Scott shared, that you too will be motivated in the coming weeks, in the coming year, to be willing to share with others the story of God's life change in your hearts and in your lives, because God is doing great things in you. And when we share together, whether it's in our life groups, whether it's here on the stage, or whether it's with an individual that you're talking to or sharing your faith, your life story, your faith story is incredibly powerful in spurring on others to do the things that God has called you to do. God is using you and wants to use you in powerful ways. I want to tell you about medics. I'm at medics a lot. I'm, if you don't know, I'm pretty, uh, what's the good word, um, motivated to exercise. I'm somewhat obsessive about it. So I'm at medics at least five days a week usually. And I see all kinds of people. But there's a man that comes into medics that I've gotten to know that inspires me every day I see him. He's a cowboy through and through because when he comes in, he works out in his cowboy hat his cowboy gloves, his leather gloves, his nice giant cowboy belt buckle, and his cowboy boots. And he's an amazing man. 
He's in his mid to late 70s, and he comes in every day I see him, and he works hard so that he can do the things he wants to do every day. A few, a while back, he got to a place where he, where he just stopped working out, stopped exercising, and he just wasn't able to do what he wanted to do. So he came back to the gym to be able to exercise, to be healthy enough to do the things he wanted to do. He inspires me every day. He comes in with a smile, and he works hard, and he keeps on moving. But I was also, a few weeks ago, sitting down and talking to a gentleman. I figured he was about maybe 70 years old. And so as we got to talking, and as I got to know him a little bit, I found out he was 94 years young, coming in and working out so that he could do the things that he wanted to do and keep in shape. That inspires me. As someone, I'm, I'm, again, I'm obsessive about exercising. These guys inspire me to keep working hard. And so many people that I see at Medics do the same because they come in and they work hard, whether it's an injury or whatever, in order to, to get back to where they want to be. They inspire me every day. They motivate me to do things. How much more as we as Christians and believers, if we lived out our faith in such a way that we would inspire and motivate others to acts of love and good deeds, how would we change our world? How would we change our community? What would Estes Park look like if that's how we lived our, our day? And if we bear, would bear with one another in the way that we should, the third thing I want to talk about this morning is honor one another. In Romans chapter 12, it, it talks about that. Oops. But I love to honor. I shared that earlier in talking with Sheila. I love to honor people. I love to honor those who are doing things for Christ, who are serving in incredible ways. And we have people here in our church that every Sunday serve in the background. They do things so that we can do what we want we are every Sunday morning so we can have service so we can celebrate together the our risen Savior so we can celebrate Jesus so then we can experience this service and if you don't know we have what's what we call our setup team and our teardown team and we have wonderful people that every Sunday morning come before you even get up at least before I do and they put this together. They set up the stage. They set up our screens. They set up everything out here in the, in the foyer. They set up our children's ministry areas so that church can happen here in this place every Sunday. So I'm going to pause for a minute, and I'm going to ask, if you are on our setup team, if you drive a truck and bring our trailer, if you set up anything in the morning, if you help out in our children's ministry, in our nursery, if you do the things behind the scenes that people don't normally see, would you stand up? I know it's, you'd rather not, but I'm going to ask you to anyway, because I want this morning to honor you. And I'll tell you, there's so many more, there's so many more people. Thank you guys so much. There are so many more people on that team that, you, that aren't here this morning because they rotate in and out. But we couldn't do what we do on Sunday mornings here 
if they weren't willing to come and serve? And if that's your personality, you like to serve in the background, I would love to talk to you more about how you can be involved because we need people every week who are willing to serve in the background. But being, serving the background doesn't mean you can't be honored once in a while. But we need to honor each other and we need to honor the people that we walk with each day. Honor to the people who have invested in our lives. Honor the people who have spurred us forward in our faith towards love and good deeds. There are people in your life who have invested in you, who have loved you, who have shared their faith with you, shared their life story with you, has, have shared how God has inspired them and changed them. And because of that, they have helped you grow in your faith. And because of people who have done that for you, you are here today. You are here celebrating your life in Christ because someone told you their story or someone talked to you about what it means to be a Christian. You're here today also because somebody in the difficult times, the, diff, the, the times in which life are just hard, someone has walked with you. Someone was, has bared with you. Someone has spurred you forward when the difficult times of faith have hit. And it's those people who have walked beside you who deserve to be honored. What are you doing to honor those people? There have been many men and women in my life who have, who have invested in me, who have taught me, who have encouraged me, who have spurred me forward, who have, when I have been down and, and, and questioned my faith and questioned whether I was called to truly be a pastor at times, who have just loved me, who have taken the time to listen to me and the struggles that I've, I've gone through, and in doing so, have moved me forward in my faith so I can continue to do the ministry that God has called me to. They all deserve that honor, the honor of, of just saying thank you and saying I appreciate you. And, th- and this morning, there's one particular young man that came to a youth group that I had many years ago. At the time that he came to our youth group, our youth group was about 20 students on average. And when he came to Christ, God lit a fire in his heart and in his life. And over the next year, he invited every single person he knew, every kid, his brothers, his family. And God had did such an incredible work in his life that he couldn't remain silent about what God is doing. And he just talked about it to everyone. His life changed so radically that it inspired others to move. Within a year, our group doubled in size because of what God was doing in his life. And as a pastor, that was exciting. And I just went along for the ride (laughs) because there was no stopping him anyway. But it was so exciting to watch him. God gave me the opportunity to invest in his life. But he also gave me the the opportunity to honor him publicly. And I took that opportunity with everything I had because I wanted everybody to know how God was using him. Now 15 years later, he is still a youth sponsor. He still volunteers at the same church to share his faith and lead other teens to Christ. 
and he's doing it faithfully. And it's incredible to watch his story unfold as God is using him. Who can you honor today? Because they have invested in your life. Because they've made a difference for you. Again, Romans chapter 12, verse 10 says, Be devoted to one another in love. Honor one another above yourselves. And I like how it says it in the New Living Translation. It says, love each other with genuine affection and take delight in honoring each other. So I talked about honor one another, but I want to talk about what does it mean to be devoted to one another, to love one another with genuine affection. Because in true community, when we do life together, whether it's in life group, whether it's in our families, whether it's in a smaller group or here in church, Genuine love and affection for each other is so important and so valuable because our love for each other needs to be genuine and authentic because we're called to live in in authentic relationships with each other. That means truly loving each other. doesn't mean we always like each other all the time, but it means we genuinely love each other. And if we're going to honor each other, if we're going to spur each other on, if we're going to bear with or walk with each other, make allowances for each other's difficulties, our challenges, we have to have a genuine and authentic love for each other that comes only through Jesus. If we go back to that verse that we started with, love one another, a new command I give to you, love one another. Jesus showed us how to love one another with a genuine love and affection. And that is what we're called to. So when it says in Romans, be devoted to one another in love or love each other with genuine affection, that comes from Christ living in us. The Holy Spirit living in us. We are called this morning to touch each other's lives with genuine affection and love, through honoring each other, through bearing with or walking with each other through the difficult times, walking through each other even in our difficult faults that we have. We all have them. And we are called to love genuinely through inspiring, spurring on, and motivating each other forward in our faith, in love and in good deeds. And if we do these things together, and if we can practically live out this loving one another, we will change the world around us. That's why we're doing this series about one another, so that we can know how to, to together practically live out our faith, so we can change the world around us through Christ. Estes Park is desperately in need of change. And that change is the love of Christ. That change is the transformation that comes through the power of Jesus Christ. The love that comes in the Holy Spirit living in us. And He's given us the gift to give to others. We're not meant to hold it in and hide it away. But we're meant to every day show it to the people we encounter. Whether it's in Safeway, whether it's at the bank, whether it's Dollar General, whether it's here at school, wherever it is, we're called 
to encounter people with the love of Christ every single day. Can we do that together? Along with the one another statements that we've been sharing, we've also been sharing with you the nine arts of spiritual conversation. And I want to share with you too, the reason we're doing it is because we want you to understand there are some really practical ways to live out our faith. And we want to give you practical tools. We don't want to just tell you, love one another, go. We really want to, to help you practically understand how to do it. So when you leave this place, you've got something to do. You've got a tool in your tool belt or in your toolbox that you can use tomorrow or even use today when you get home with your family. So I'm going to share arts number five and number six. The first one is loving. That should be pretty simple. We've been talking about it a lot. Loving. We will be known by how we love one another. You've heard that already, haven't you? Simple. Love one another. Go do it through the power and the presence of the Holy Spirit in your life. The second is welcoming. And this is an interesting, an interesting one. Welcoming connects us to each other. When we are welcoming, we connect and we welcome people into our space. Our space can be our facial expressions, the way we express ourselves. Our expressions can be welcoming or a turnoff immediately, right? You know those people when you encounter them, you know they don't want to talk to you. That's where my talking too much gets me in trouble because I talk to them anyway. Because <laughs> I don't care what, whether you smile or not, I'm going to talk to you and say hi, I'm going to smile. Hopefully you'll smile back, but if you don't, it's okay, I'll still talk to you. But we also have our personal space. And the way we present our space is either inviting or welcoming, either non-judgmental or judging. And we can welcome people right in or we can push people right away. And then our physical space, the way in which we welcome people into our physical space, our home, our office. For me, it's kind coffee because my office kind is very organized. It's neat. It's welcoming. My office, not so much. It's a little messy. If you come to my office, you're welcome to come in, but just understand it's not going to be neat because I work in there. And so I love to meet with people with kind because it's welcoming. It's a welcoming space and place. How are you every day welcoming people into the space you occupy, whether it's your cart and walking through Safeway or it's your office at work or somewhere else? How are you welcoming people into the presence of God by loving them? Be welcoming in all that you do, and it disarms people so you can share your faith. This morning, I want to close with this. What I want to echo in your mind this week, an echo is something that repeats over and over. It's so much fun in caves and places where you can make an echo. I love it. It's really cool. Sometimes you can do it in an empty room. But what I want to echo in your mind this week are these words. Love, simple. Love, simple. It's not complicated. It's not complicated. So I'm going to give you this acrostic here. Pretty simple. What does love, simple mean? Serve, inspire, Make allowances. I have a tough one with that sometimes. Pray, love, encourage. So this week, when you're wondering what you're supposed to do, and you're trying to figure it out, love simple. Serve, inspire, make allowances, pray, love, and encourage. That's your tool for this week. 
Remind it, remind yourself every day, love simple. I'm going to invite our worship team to come up. And as they're coming, I'm going to give you two challenges this morning that I want you to, to take to heart as we worship. As we sing this song, if you this morning, if you are a believer, if you've experienced God's love in a powerful way, then love simple. Ask God this week. Ask God this week to show you how to love simple and the people that you encounter every day. But if you don't know what Jesus' love is like this morning, if you've never experienced it, if you don't know what the love of Jesus is or what it, what it means, I'd love, this, I'd love for you to experience it for the first time this morning. And I'm going to invite our, our, our prayer team to come up, and they're just going to come up here in the first row. If you have never experienced, I'm going to invite you to stand too because we're going to sing and worship, and so I'd love to do that by standing. But as you sing this morning, as we worship, if you've never encountered Jesus this morning, if you don't know what it means to have a personal relationship with Him, our prayer team would love to pray with you this morning. I'd love for you, there's no better day than today to celebrate what it means to know Jesus as your Lord and Savior. And if you want that this morning, I would invite you to come down and pray with our prayer team because they would love to pray with you this morning. Would you worship this morning? Thank you. Looking back at Pastor Aaron's sermon,